0: How are ya? Thanks for coming. Welcome to the second episode of Big Six. Looking at um, another full slate in match week three. We got Norwich, Chelsea, United, CP, Liverpool, Arsenal, the game of the week. Followed by, on Sunday, Bournemouth City and Tottenham, Newcastle. Just to recap the previous week, um, Arsenal uh, beat Burnley 2-1 at home, Liverpool beat Southampton 2-1 on the road, Um, City drew with Tottenham in a game that we'll get into, a 2-2 draw, a game that City easily could have won, but ended up in a draw, uh, led by a late... Disallowed goal once again for City, reminiscent of last year's Champions League. So, pretty disappointing result for City, but not the end of the world. Uh, Chelsea on Sunday drew 1-1 against Leicester in sort of a snoozer of a game. And then Wolves United on Monday, a 1-1 draw for United away at Wolves. Um, A Paul Pogba missed penalty prevented United from taking all three points, which led to quite a bit of confusion and um, anger this week from United supporters about who really should be taking penalties, whether it's Pogba, whether it's uh, Rashford, or whether it should be constantly changing. So that's the quick recap of the games, I think the one thing that I'd like to Sort of touch on as it relates to last week, is the city tottenham game um, I, I went and rewatched it, and it truly was just complete domination from city. Um, they outshot spurs, and I had to double check this to make sure this was right, and shockingly it is they outshot spurs thirty to 30 to three with ten ten of those thirty shots being on target compared to two out of the three. Spurs shots being on target, and then additionally, um, there was a very interesting sort of expected goal divergence um, from Info Goal, which is a pretty good you know tracker of expected goals versus actual results. <coughs> City, with their thirty shots, had expected goals of three point four, which I actually thought was low. I had it more like close to five, honestly. With all well, the KDB crosses, shots in the box. You know, maybe one, one missed penalty, I would say, on Laporte. Um, a cut, the deflected shot by Jesus could have gone in. The Bernardo back post header. I mean, there was just a lot of chances. But anyway, Info goal had City at 3.4 expected goals compared to point one two for Tottenham. Not 1.12, Which... As it related to um, the final score obviously that 's a you know over three goal divergence, and it was a two two draw so as it they they published a stat relating to fairness, like was this outcome fair based on expected goals and it was by far the most unfair match of the week rating at fifty two point eight out of a possible hundred, which is pretty shocking. Compared to like Chelsea Leicester, for instance, 1.21 to 1.13, fairness in 98.3. So that, you know, that was an opportunity where you saw, um, you know, the more correct result compared on what happened in the game. Whereas City Tottenham, it was the exact opposite where there truly was just domination with Kevin De Bruyne just constantly first touch. Um, putting the ball in the cross. Obviously, one of those goal, you know, one of those crosses led to a goal to Raheem Sterling in the back post and a beautiful header, beautiful finish. Um, but it easily could have been far more. So, yeah, as, you, as we look at that from last week um, going forward, I think it's important to realize that, you know, City really outplayed uh, Tottenham, just didn't get the result. And that's something that we're going to be looking to sort of bank on this week um, in their game against Bournemouth. The Real quick on the expected goals front, there was actually another interesting one. Southampton had 2.6 expected goals with their 14 shots, while Liverpool had 1.46 on their 15 shots. Yet Liverpool won the game 2-1. So that was the second sort of most unfair outcome, 58.6, that actually on an expected goals perspective saw... Southampton should have, you know, had the win. Um, although you know, how much credence do we want to give to that especially considering the Southampton goal was just a giveaway from Adrian, who's, you know, obviously having some growing pains as he as he gets into the main role at um at Liverpool in Alisson's absence. And then finally just a couple more Uh, Wolves-United, definitely United outplayed Wolves. It was .35 for Wolves in their six shots to 1.3. United on their nine shots with, obviously, the Paul Popov penalty being the difference. Um, Definitely encouraged by how United played in a very tough Molyneux Stadium against a Wolves team that's, you know, beaten them um, actually the past couple times and always sort of plays them tough. And then, last but not least... um, Arsenal-Burnley, another interesting one where, you know, Arsenal really didn't play very well against Burnley. I mean, they 1.01 expected goals on 15 shots compared to 1.92 expected goals on 18 shots for Burnley. So, you know, we really saw um, Burnley sort of honestly out outperform Arsenal with Arsenal getting a couple better chances, obviously. And, you know, the, the finishing... Um, Capability of their two guys, Laka and and Obama Yang, you know, being the difference. But certainly a big takeaway there is, you know, if Arsenal can't, um, you know, shut down this Burnley side, this Sean Dyke-led Burnley side, um, that's, you know, really an interesting sort of telling thing going forward for them from a defensive standpoint, that, you know, they're just woefully unprepared to defend here in the Premier League. And although... I do have them, you know, ahead of Chelsea in the race for the top six with in order being City, Liverpool, Spurs, United, Arsenal, and then Chelsea. Um, Their inability to defend is certainly going to be one of the themes of the season and something that, you know, we're going to have to continue to track and and also is going to play a big role this week. Um, So that is... I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's a solid sort of recap of last week um, you know as as this is a big six pod we're not going to look at you know Everton Watford or Brighton West Ham or Villa Bournemouth or any of these other games um, although uh, just a couple quick points um, I guess as it relates to um, well I, actually we'll save that we'll save that for the, for the preview of this week's games but um yeah, so for now, we're going to stop there. Just a quick recap of last week before we start digging in to the docket um, this weekend, match week three. The, f- the f- sort of five games, if you will, that we'll be covering are Norwich versus Chelsea at Norwich. That's the early kick on Saturday. Uh, we'll have United Palace, which is, should be a great one. 10 Eastern on also on Saturday, following up that North Chelsea game, followed by the lunch or the big the big game of the week, certainly one of the biggest uh, games of the year so far, maybe the second biggest behind City Tottenham last week, or maybe United Chelsea week one, certainly the game of the week, Liverpool Arsenal at Anfield, a lot of thoughts there, a lot of opportunity there, Um, I think. You know, there's, there's several different angles that we're going to be on in that game and have that sort of as a, as a big pivot game um, to get us through the weekend for another successful weekend as well as... Um, so that's Liverpool Arsenal, 12:30 kick on Saturday. Then we'll go into Bournemouth City at Bournemouth at 9 a.m. on 9 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Followed by Spurs-Newcastle at the new White Hart Lane um, at 11.30 Eastern on Sunday. Which reminds me, before we jump into those games, we're going to do a quick recap of the Week 2 performance. Week 1 for the pod, but Week 2 overall. Which was absolutely superb. Um... Before we go any further, let's uh, let's cover what happened last week. In the Chelsea Leicester game, we had 135 to win 100 on the money line, we had 100 to win 150 on the 102021 prop, and we had 50 to win 550 on the draw protection. And as a reminder, the key draw game last week was Wolves United, um, which ended up being successful. So, any place that we uh, had draw protection, it was obviously going to be a great outcome due to the fact that Wolves United won, given the fact that the draw protection um, happened. In this case, in the Chelsea Leicester game, it did. So it was the minus 135 on the three away money line, the minus 100 on the prop, but the $50 draw protection was twin 550. So it was a very solid um, you know, net, call it 315 or so on the Chelsea game. Arsenal game, um, similar kind of structure. Risk 335 to win 100 on the three-way money line. <clears throat> that was a winner, plus 100 there. Uh, minus 105 um, on the first half, or excuse me, on the um, to record a shutout win. Weren't able to do so, so minus 105 there. And then minus 130 on the first half was late, um... It was unfortunately lost late as Ashley Barnes scored a goal in the 43rd minute to tie it. So it was plus 100, minus the 105, minus the 130 for a net loss of 135 on the Arsenal game. Moving on to Liverpool. Um, The three plays were a two-unit play actually on the money line, minus 420 to win 200. Uh, That obviously is a winner with a 2-1 victory. We had minus 100 to win 100 on the first half. Sort of got lucky there. Sadio Mane goal in, st- in the first half stoppage time. Got us home. Risk 100 to win 100. So plus 100 there. And then we had $50 of draw protection against... Um, $50 of draw protection with United, of course. 50 for 700 Obviously, with Liverpool winning, that draw protection. Pay the insurance, which is fine. Uh, so that's a plus 200 plus 100 minus 50 gets us plus 250 and then finally the city game Um, we had a big play two unit play on the money line risk 550 to win 200 that was a loser as um, the game obviously ended at a 2-2 draw we had 120 to win 100 on the first half That came good as a Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero 20th and 35th minute goals respectively got us there. uh, Even against an Eric Lamella 23rd minute goal. So we got uh, risk 120 to win 100 there. That's a winner plus 100. And then here another example of draw protection being important. Risk 50 to win 763 on the city draw plus wolves draw. That obviously came good plus seven sixty three so you get the plus seven sixty three plus a hundred minus the five fifty gets us a net win of three hundred and thirteen dollars uh, when you sort of add all this up, we risked twenty one ninety five total we gained seven hundred and forty three dollars on our twenty one ninety five Investment about a 33% return, cash on cash return. But um, equally importantly, I guess, if you're a unit guy, is based on our hundred dollar units, that was a plus 7.43 unit weekend. So, obviously, a perfect um, example of using draw protection uh, to generate strong outcomes, even when um, you know some of the the big chalk plays if you will city money line for example uh, end up falling through so again plus 7.43 units unbelievable one week performance um, we're gonna look to stretch that out here in week two in match week 3 um for the, the prem week two for the pod but we're just gonna we'll just go with uh, week three from now on so there's no confusion but Another big weekend coming up. And with that, I think it's time to dive in. First up, we're going to look at Manchester United versus Crystal Palace at Old Trafford. Uh, We're looking at a minus 275 money line on the three-way for United. Plus 750 Crystal Palace and plus 400 draw. Um, Obviously, United being a big favorite here. Minus one and a half on the Asian is right around even money so let's take a look I mean a couple things here I guess I guess the first place we'll start is the fact that you know United's coming off the 1-1 draw where they played really well honestly on the whole against Wolves Um, Paul Pogba you know failure to convert the penalty was obviously a factor but you know still a strong effort and I think you know um Ole and, and Rashford and Pogba, I think, probably spent some time this week just saying, hey, look, we have to have a designated penalty taker. We've got to be better about this. And I I think, you know, maybe at first in English press, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, reporting of some difficulties going on between those three. And, of course, Ole was mad. But I think they're going to get it all figured out. And this, they cannot be in a better spot um, <clears throat> to – Bounce back, if you will, even though, you know, obviously a draw. At Wolves, at the Molineux, not a bad result. But uh, could not be a better spot to bounce back than against Crystal Palace at home. Let's dig in. I always like to look first at... Well, I guess the the last part of that would be Crystal Palace last week lost 1 0 to Sheffield. And importantly, they have not scored in their first two games. So they're still goalless on the season. And just, you know, equally important to that is the fact that they really haven't had any scoring chances. So not only have they not scored, but they really haven't had the chances. And, you know, I think with with Palace, it's a very sort of simple, um, you know, strategy, which is if you shut down Wilf Saha up front, you're really going to shut down the team because you got Christian Benteke, and I think he's had like three goals in the last 50 Premier League games. So your striker doesn't score. And, you know, of course, Wilf wanted to leave earlier in the season, but the fact that he's still there just means, you know, you shut him down, you shut the team down. And obviously, United's going to know that. And not only are they, you know, going to be prepared for it, but they have just the guy to do it in Harry Maguire. And perhaps more importantly, um, the guy to do it in Aaron Wan-Bissaka who can really match Wolf you know from a pace perspective from an athletic perspective and you know should be just an absolute blanket on him but before we get into the sort of the minute if that's said correctly which it's definitely not um, let's look at the trends and there's some significant ones here so I think the first place to start is on the United side United in their last 22 league games against Crystal Palace, 22, they're unbeaten. Unbeaten in 22 Premier League games. Win, 18, draw, 4, lost not. Their last um, time that they lost to Crystal Palace was in 1991. So we're talking about almost 30 years of just strong, strong results here. And... <clears throat> You know I, I, that level of dominance when you have sort of someone's number like that. Um, it's just it's just such a good confidence booster and such an important you know factor in sort of determining what's sort of going to be the outcome of the game. Um, when you look at United at home to mid-table sides, um, you know in, in recent years the one seven drawn three lost none. I guess only one of those wins, but by two or more goals, uh, which I guess you know is something important to remember. That you know they have been sort of closer, but um, that's to mid-table sides as a whole, not you know CP specifically. And then the next sort of piece um, for United is that in their first twelve games, so so there's a sort of an analysis that says in a team's first twelve games. Um, you know, a top six sides first 12 games at home against mid-table sides, what's the record? And it goes down like this. Win 56, draw 14, loss 8 with 33 of those wins having been by two or more goals. So there's really a, you know, a dominance here early in the season for top six teams at home against mid-table sides. (laughs) But, you know, as strong as those trends are, and I guess it would also be important to mention that you look at the last five um, sort of, the last five meetings of the sides, we have a 3-1 one, one away win for United, a 0-0 nil, nil draw at home a 3-2 win away, and then a 4-0 win at home and a 2-0 win at home. So obviously unbeaten in five, but it, it goes even longer, and I'll get into that in a second. But, you know, as I said, 22 games. But when you look at sort of the, the CP side, it gets even worse. So, you know, they, they haven't scored this year. They lost 1-0 to Sheffield, newly promoted, you know, and really didn't have any chances. So you say, how are they going to have a chance against Harry McGuire and Juan Bissaka and a sort of resurgent Victor Lindelof and a strong Luke Shaw at the back? But more importantly, CP is winless. In their last 12 away games at Old Trafford, one draw and 11 losses. But most importantly, they failed to score in 11 of those 12 games. Yes, that bears repeating. They failed to score in 11 of those 12 games. So, I mean, we're talking about a shocking and a very, very strong historical precedence here. And, you know, how can you have any confidence in Palace's ability to score when you have that history, plus the fact they can't score this year, and they don't really have the guys at the front, and they're one-dimensional. You shut down Will if you shut down the team. So, I mean, there's other stats that... You know, they haven't scored in the last five games at Old Trafford. They're, you know, they haven't beaten, they've never beaten United in their last 20 Premier League meetings. Uh, Four draws, 16 uh, losses. And that's the most of any team to not record a win. So we're talking about true, true dominance here. Um, Against the Big Six, Palace have won two of the last 20, win two, draw three, loss 15. And, you know, it's... Finally, you look at teams away, bottom teams, or mid-table teams, I should say, away at top six, win to draw one, loss seven, with four of those losses, four of those seven losses by two or more goals. So, I mean, you look at it, and this has a clear sort of United victory written all over it. We will be um, on United in a big way in this game, and we'll also be on United to record a shutout win, I think. When you think about the attacking prowess of Rashford and uh, Martial and even Daniel James, who has been great so far, um, as well as, you know, Pogba coming back in and, and maybe Lingard, hopefully starting to get it going a little bit. That's exciting, but more importantly, I just there's just no goals on this Palace side. And especially against Shaw, you know, on the left who's playing well, and you got Harry Maguire, obviously 80 million pound defend, defender in the middle. With Lindo, who's, who's obviously been much better and who, you know, Jose Mourinho recently was in the media speaking highly of, um, and then Aaron wan bissaka right back. I mean, I just don't, you just don't see how there's going to be goals here. So certainly being United in a big way on the money line as well as on United to record a shutout victory. Next up, we got Norwich-Chelsea. Um, Norwich is coming off a 3-1 win at home against Newcastle. Well, Chelsea's coming off a 1-1 home draw against Leicester. Um, don't don't love this game. I, I think, you know, obviously Norwich has had a good start to the season. They dominated Newcastle, which isn't particularly impressive. But, um, you know, they, they lost 4-1 to, to Liverpool on opening day. That looks like a bad score. But in reality, they did have, you know, a strong sort of attacking presence. And, you know, quickly, um, in the media at least... Timu Puki, uh the attacking forward for Norwich has really, you know, been one of the sort of fan favorites or the most exciting players in the Prem this year. So certainly one to watch. Um and you know, you look at Chelsea against Leicester, just it really wasn't their best game. Um I I, I don't know how many different ways to talk about him. He had Pulisic for a start. He was solid, nothing special but solid. And, um, you know, I think they're just still trying to figure out who they are under Frank Rampart, sort of what they're all about. I mean, they had a Mason Mount goal in the seventh minute, and that was really all they had. So, not particularly um, encouraged by how Chelsea looks. And as I've said, I think they're certainly a team that, you know, is going to finish sixth. They're, they're a Europa League team. They're not a Champions League top-four contender, in my opinion. They'll finish below Arsenal, they'll finish below United, and, of course, below the, the sort of the bigger three, or I should say below Spurs and the big two of Liverpool City. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea looked good in the first half for sure. I mean, they were, you know, Pedro has been great, and he's, you know, really sort of been the key creator for this team. But in the second half, they were just, they were terrible. And James Madison looked really good for Leicester, um, you know, getting the ball to Jamie Vardy and, and had, you know, Obviously, a bunch of good set piece opportunities. One of which was um, the Andidi goal. So, you know, didn't didn't love how Chelsea looked, but um, do think that there has been a bit of an overreaction in the market to how poor they have looked. Plus, how well Norwich has looked, which is why we're getting a price like this. I think, um, you know, and someone could check this, but I think you look at the beginning of the season, and. This would have had to have if you had to look at look ahead line for it, this would have had to be a minus one fifty, minus one sixty minimum uh you know, for, for Chelsea against a newly promoted team. But you know, of course that that's moved, you know, 40 thirty, forty, fifty points due to how good Norwich has looked. Um, and I guess other factors. But let's sort of get real quick into the <coughs> um the trends on it. You look at uh Chelsea away. To promoted sides in their past ten games have won seven drawn one lost two Um, going back a little further actually against Norwich they're unbeaten in 15 games uh, in their last 15 games against Norwich Um, ten wins five draws and as well as in their last seven games away at Norwich with four wins and three draws so obviously a strong strong history here and that's nothing that you know we wouldn't uh, expect just due to the, you know, the size of the clubs and the history, et cetera. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, important nonetheless just to know that this team has a has a confidence that they, you know, uh, you can you can not only beat this team every time out, beat this Norwich team, but, but even in their worst days, it's still just a draw. Um, you look at Chelsea against newly promoted sides, um, In the past 22 games, they have 15 wins, 5 draws, and 2 losses. So, that's 2 losses in 22 games. I mean, you really are having a high degree of of confidence and a high degree of, uh, you know, just domination, plain and simple, for this Chelsea against newly promoted. On the Norwich side, um, looking at, you know, promoted sides at home against top 6 opposition, uh, 3 wins, 7 draws And 18 losses so you really are in in the first six uh, you know weeks of the season so of course you're seeing top six dominance that's as expected Um, as I said you know they're winless in the last 10 in the prem against Chelsea two draws eight losses and versus the top six they have one win in the last 15 home matches it's one win four draws and uh, 15 er, uh, excuse me 10 losses So, you know, I mean, obviously all the the trends and history and even the, you know, just the general matchup perspective points to Chelsea here. I think the one thing that, you know, you have to think about with Norwich is the fact that this is a free hit for them. This is a free hit on Chelsea. They have nothing to lose, no pressure, no expectations. Chelsea really, you know, hasn't been that good. They don't look that strong at the back. And again, we saw, you know, what good, you know, attacking football and most importantly, you know, good passing and and good vision um, can do against them, as, again, James Madison just picked them apart last week and had a lot of opportunities up to Vardy up front. So I am sort of worried, you know, Christensen, they're still trying to figure it out, Zuma and Emerson, obviously, ASP is, you know, unbelievable, but um, I I still think Chelsea has enough to get it done here. And... Uh, minus one twenty on the three way that's a great price uh yeah, I should have said plus three ten norwich minus one twenty Chelsea plus two eighty draw um I think this is a you know one of those full unit Chelsea play half unit draw draw protection um and you know we we feel good about that, i think plain and simple this is <clears throat> yes it's free hit yes it's you know a chance for um for Chelsea to get it, done, or excuse me, for Norwich to beat Chelsea, but um, at the end of the day, these are the games that that Chelsea wins, and uh, we're going to look obviously to back them to get it done here against a side that, you know, at least on paper, are far inferior to them. Next up, we'll just uh, we'll just go chronological. Uh, the Saturday kick, the big, big, big game of the weekend. How are you? Liverpool Arsenal at Anfield? Big, big uh, Premier league night. One, Not one of those big Anfield nights. Or excuse me, not one of those big Anfield European nights. But one of those big Anfield nights nonetheless. Obviously a big, big game. And you, know, you look at the schedule in the beginning of the year. And this is one of the games that you circle. Um, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal at Anfield. Minus 200 Liverpool on the three-way. Arsenal plus 525, the draw at plus 385. Those have been moving around a little bit. Obviously, you know, we'll see the money come in um, on Liverpool as it's as ex- sort of expected. And furthermore, you know, you're, we're always going to see the late surge um, just with, you know, the, the Asian markets and their favorite team in the world, Liverpool. Um, but for now, that's holding relatively stable, 200. Uh, Force you know five hundred ish and uh, about three eighty so let 's dig in um, Liverpool, obviously coming off a two uh, one win against Southampton wasn 't particularly impressive um, you know it sort of had the possession um, you know break down again where there' sixty four to thirty six but really didn 't do much. Um, to, to really impress or to, or to really dominate. Obviously, the, the late goal that they gave up was a mistake by Adrian. Um, you know, that's sort of, unfortunately, one of those things where he, uh, you know, it's sort of like Allison last year made some mistakes, but he had a huge save at the 20th minute on a free header that easily could have been a goal, and could have put Southampton up 1-0. So you gotta still give him credit. Um, yeah I mean, honestly, I think, I think they were sort of outplayed, which is gonna, which is important, and here's why. Jurgen Klopp is going to sit there and go, "Look, if we cannot play our best football and still get the win, that's a sign of a really good team. And you know, this Liverpool side I mean let's, let's not forget. they've won 11 straight Premier League matches, and you know, they, they've just you think about their home form last year, 17,2 and0, unbeaten. I mean, you look at this year and you think, what's really going to be different? I mean, maybe the City game, um, you know, maybe Tottenham, if they can put something together. And, of course, you know, United could have one good game. But, I mean, I I don't really see them having any losses again this year. So, I think when you look at this game, it's certainly a Liverpool draw type game. Um, just on the surface, when you dig deeper, it truly is a Liverpool-heavy game. Um, so let's let's sort of dig in. Uh, Liverpool are unbeaten in their last eight against Arsenal in all competitions. That includes four wins and four draws. So, you know, relatively strong um, history here just in terms of their performance against this team. But far, far, far more importantly is let's look at recent results. And look, this isn't a recency bias issue. This is just purely, hey, how do they do against the field against um, Arsenal? And you look at the last three home games. They won 5-1, they won 4-0, they won 3-1. So that's, you know, 12-2 to, th- to two, um, in terms of a scoring breakdown. And, you know, that's, that's, that's dominance. I mean, that's the kind of dominance that, um, you know, y- you look for and, and you, you get excited about because they have their number and they play their best football at Anfield. Um, so, you know, you go a little further... Uh, you look at Liverpool at home to t- to top six in the last ten games, one six, four draws, no losses, with four of those six wins coming by two or more goals. Again, just sort of leading to this idea that Liverpool at Anfield is unstoppable. Um, and I guess the last thing to sort of mention, again, as it relates to uh, you know th- their home form, is like you look at last year a plus 45 goal differential in nineteen games. I mean, that's ridiculous. They had 55 goals 4 and 10 against. So we really are talking about dominance at home. Um, looking at the other side, or, or I guess the, the final extension of Liverpool is, um, what have we seen to uh, put us off them? In my opinion, nothing. Yeah, they looked a little shaky at times against uh, Southampton, but. For the most part, I mean, you look at Sadio Mane, and Mo, and Bobby up front, who all played big European competitions this summer, uh, with the Africa Cup of Nations for um, you know the first two, and then of course the Copa of America for Bobby. They're all back. They're all starting to get back in form, and and those three, I mean, you look not just in the Prem, but in world football, that's about you know as dangerous as it gets. I mean, maybe a healthy uh, and happy. <laughs> Neymar, Mbappe, and Cavani is going to be there, and obviously you look at City. But I think, uh, you know, this is about as good as it gets, and with them coming into form, and then you got James Milner, and you got, you know, obviously the back four is just so solid. solid. Um, This is a great team. This is really a great team. Um, When you look at Arsenal, you know, they... (laughs) There's a lot to not like here, is the way I would say it. And, and where does that start, right? It starts with their game last week. They played Burnley. You play a Sean Dyke-led side. You have to dominate them. I mean, that's clean sheet city. That is, we're, we're not letting up anything. You know, there's no chance. It's, it's, uh, it's easy as you like. Well, Burnley scored. And if you can't keep a clean sheet against Burnley, how in in the world are you going to expect to keep a clean sheet against maybe, you know, the top three attacking sides in the world, frankly? I mean, (laughs) that's, I guess, a different conversation, but one of the best attacking teams in the world, and obviously, um, you know, the best or second best attacking team in the Prem. History here is very strong, too. Arsenal's without a win their last six visits to Anfield, two draws, four losses. They've conceded two or more goals in each of those matches um, you know they, they they've given up and, and I had to double check this because I couldn't believe it they've given up 22 goals in those six visits and that's that's shocking stuff I mean yeah, you know you're, you're talking about almost four goals a game and uh, that's just not the kind of performance that is gonna let you have any kind of success against this team because uh, you know they're <coughs> they're uh, they're just a strong side so they're going against strong side i should say so you know arsenal they just they, they can't defend you look, uh, furthermore they've lost the last 13 prem, uh, prem games away at anfield 13 okay i mean this is you know only man u s has, has lost more at, at anfield Um, Last year, their road form was terrible. They were eighth in the league. Seven wins, four draws, eight losses for a negative four goal differential. Giving up 35 in those 19 games, almost two a game. I mean, how in the world are they going to be able to stop Liverpool is the question. Um, Last but not least, you look at their away form against top six. Not good in the last 10 games. Zero wins, three draws, seven losses. Again, this is... You know, sort of writings on the wall here. This is a big, big spot for, uh, for Liverpool. And it's also a good spot for the over. I mean, I think you, you look at this and you say, well, three and a half, that's a lot. You know, that's, you, you go through the Prem schedule and you typically won't see anything above three. It's just such tough, you know, physical football. And the reality is is, is no Premier League fixture sees more goals. Uh, there's been 155 goals scored in the 54 meeting, last 54 meetings besides. And, um, you know, this Liverpool team, they could get the four themselves. Like I said, there's 22 goals scored um, in the last six games. I mean, this has four zero three one four one kind of stuff written all over it. It truly does. And I think that this is a live opportunity as well on the over 3.5. So this is one of those games where our draw protection... Um, you know, we will derive draw protection from some of the other games, the Chelsea game, and maybe a touch of United CP, but this is a big Liverpool spot. Two units on the uh, on the three-way money line. Um, one unit on the uh, first half. And I, I actually think that, you know, Adrian and the back four, yeah, they made a mistake, but they had a clean sheet going against Southampton and not their best game. Um, I think... You know, we, I'm tempted to take the shutout win. Um, I, I, I am going to pass it just because Arsenal with Obama and uh, Laka can have that one moment. Um, and Adrian, you know, still, uh, do we really trust him yet? Probably not. But um, love the over three and a half goals here as well. So we'll have one unit on the three and a, over three and a half. We'll have one unit on the Liverpool first half through a money line. And we'll have one unit... Or, excuse me, two units on three way game money line. <coughs> Next up, the Sunday morning. Thanks for coming. How are you? Sunday morning, nine o'clock kick uh, Eastern, Bournemouth City at Bournemouth. Bournemouth plus 1200 on the three way, City minus 550. The draw at plus plus six hundred on the Asian City minus two, Bournemouth plus two. That's a brown scratch on both of those. We'll call it minus one ten each. Over under three and a half. Um, you look at last week. Bournemouth one two one to Villa away to Villa. Nothing surprising there. Um, you know, sort of expected, par for the course for Bournemouth. Um, you look at City though, and this was one of those examples where. The outcome of the game didn't match how the game went at all. Um, this is actually pretty shocking. I, I, I actually went back and watched uh, the game. City had you know, 55% possession to Spurs 45, but they had 30 shots on goal. City did 30-3 to 3 for Spurs. 10 scoring chances to 2-2 scoreline. 30-3 shots, 10-2 scoring chances, 2-2 score line. So we saw complete domination for City, particularly in the first, first half. We saw the first ball, or excuse me, first touch from Kevin De Bruyne at cross. You know, led to the, obviously the Raheem Sterling goal early. But, I mean, he he was doing it all game. And, and it's just such a dynamic, difficult player to stop when he's on. In my opinion, he's, you know, now that mean Hazard's gone, he's maybe the best player in the Premier League um, when healthy and went on. You go through the list, there was, you know, KDB, you know, the Sterling header went in, but you had Aguero, you had Gundawan, who had a huge chance, you had a great moment of individual brilliance from Bernardo. Um, You know, Lloris made a mistake on the giveaway, you almost had a chance there. I mean, this easily could have been 2-0 at half. Second half, you know, you had the Zinchenko deflection, which was an incredible save. You had, you know, KDB cross in the box. Laporte maybe got taken down in the box you know I'm not sure the Bruyne had a big hit in the 50th minute I mean there was just a lot of chances but of course you know two moments Lamella who had a you know actually a great shot although Ederson was completely out of position that goes in so you know that equalizes and then of course Lucas Mora coming on and I think you know 50 seconds after he comes on he heads the ball in and and then once again uh late in the game city city score um just like they did in the champions league final or excuse me quarterfinals against Tottenham and it gets reversed Amrik Lepore handball I mean this handball rule is is in my opinion ridiculous he obviously had no intent for it to hit him he's going up for it it ends up hitting his arm boom just like that three two win goes to two all um you know, Interestingly enough, InfoGoal, which is a, a good sort of aggregator of expected goals analysis, um, they, they run a thing each week, and I talked about it at the beginning of the episode, 3.39 expected goals for City, 0.12 expected goals for Tottenham. I mean, that is a shocking divergence. I haven't seen anything really like that at all. And it was a 52.8% fairness ranking out of 100. So, I mean, no matter how you cut it, no matter how you look at it, This is a game City easily should have won 4-5-1 or 5-2, whatever, and uh, weren't able to do it. So there's there's sort of two ways to look at that. I think the first would be to say, oh, yeah, they're going to be discouraged. They played better, but they didn't get the result. But I think anyone that follows City, anyone that follows Pep, anyone that follows the Premier League would know that's exactly the opposite of what they're going to be saying. Pep's going to you know, in his unyielding quest for perfection is going to be saying, okay, what are we going to do to guarantee the result? What are we going to do to get that third goal or fourth goal or fifth goal early? Um, This is going to be an angry City team. This is going to be a City team that knows they can't drop points in the Prem. They know they're in a battle with Liverpool already, and I know that's crazy to say, but it's true. And this is a City team that, you know, you look at it and... They know that that draws are just simply unacceptable, and they need to not only win these games but win big because goal differential is going to be our tiebreaker. And you know, even having ninety right ninety-seven points last year for Liverpool, that's that may not be good enough this year either. So, a lot of things say City bounce back, City bounce back, City bounce back, and then let's get into the actual results. The last five games. Um, City's unbeaten. You know, they, they won 1-0 away last year. The home fixture, they won 3-1. Uh, before that, it was a 4-0 win. 2-1 went away, and a 2-0 went away. So, you know, obviously good history here. But perhaps more importantly, in the last eight games between the sides, City have won every game. Um, they've they've won, won all of them. Uh, well, they've outscored Bournemouth in those eight games 25-3. to That's an average of, you know, three, just over three to .3 roughly. Um, So we're talking pure domination here. And, you know, 25 to three in in the Premier League against a team that, you know, actually is good offensively, is a shocking divergence. In those eight wins, six of them were were by two or more goals. So, you know, you look at City on the minus two line, and it makes sense why they're priced like that. But um, they really have dominated this Bournemouth team. Uh, You look at, you know, City in the last eight games against teams on the South Coast. They've won all eight. way at mid-table sides, last ten, won seven, draw one, lost two, which is actually a little surprising, although those losses are a bit misleading. Um, But, you know, I think you look at City and you say, they're going to just run rampant. They're going to run rampant here in Bournemouth. And on the Bournemouth side, where is it going to come from? They haven't beaten City in 14 previous league meetings. 2 draws and 12 losses. Of course, losing 8 in a row in the Prem, as I just mentioned. Um, and, you know, a- against Big 6, they struggle in general. Bournemouth have lost 13 of their past 15 games against the Big 6. Um, t- you know, the 2 wins were against Chelsea and Spurs, which are obviously, you know, good wins, but they've shown an inability to really compete at the top level. Um, at home, the top 6, 3 wins, uh, 0 draws and 7 losses with three of those seven losses coming by three or more goals. So almost half the top six losses in the past ten coming by three or more goals. Um, and then finally, just, you know, that stat I like to, to cite in the, in the beginning of the season, mid-table sides at home in the top six, 11 wins, 18 draws, and 39 away wins. So, I mean, y- you just look at this, and this really does have a city blowout win written all over it. Um, Similar to how we're thinking about Liverpool Arsenal, I think we have a lot of goals in this game. Definitely, will be on the over three and a half for a unit. Um, no brainer. That's uh, that's locked in. I think City gets there by themselves. This has four nil, four one, maybe five nil written all over it. Um, we're gonna have a, a one unit play on the over three and a half. We're gonna have a one unit play on the City first half, and we're gonna have a two unit play on excuse me a one unit play on um, city minus two and then we're going to have a w- one unit play on the city win. actually we'll save the parlays for later so one unit on the over three and a half one unit on the first half and one unit on city minus two understanding that a two goal victory would be a push there Last but not least, last but not least, Spurs, Newcastle. Spurs, obviously, as I just talked about with City, 2-2 draw. Lucky to get it, but still got it to their credit. Uh, Newcastle has looked horrific. Yes, they lost 1-0 to Arsenal. That was expected, but the 3-1 loss to Norwich, and really just complete domination. Hold a story. This is a team headed down. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I had Brighton to go down. I'm going to amend that now. Newcastle um, is, 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 in my opinion, um, one of the favorites to go down. Uh, you know, right there with Sheffield and, you know, unfortunately, Villa most likely. And, 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 and I'd still say, um, you know, Southampton and some of these other teams around the border. But I, I'd, I'd make Newcastle you know, the first or second favorite to go down. They've looked horrible. Um, what is there good to say about them? They can't score. Um, they can't defend. They really don't have any attacking players that can create that sort of moment of magic. That's something that I like to talk about. And you know, look, John George Shelby, he's, he's fine. He's a he's a decent player. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Miguel Almiron, um, but I don't know if it's the right sort of system or the right fit for him. Um, but when you break it down, look, where where's where's the goals gonna come from? Where is the performance gonna come from? I mean, you look at Newcastle, away at top six in the last ten games, rich history here obviously being up for, you know, several years now. Zero wins, zero draws, ten losses, four of the ten coming by two or more goals. I just don't see how they're gonna create chances. I mean this this is one of those that's Got to keep it simple, right? Keep it simple, stupid, kiss, see you later, thanks for coming. There's just no way. I mean, uh, 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 Spurs are strong at home. We know that. And uh, Newcastle away on the road is is just equally, uh, as strong as Spurs are at home, they're equally bad. So definitely don't see them being able to score. You look at Spurs, obviously they're going to be encouraged coming off the 2-2 draw. Um, at home to mid-table sides, the last 10 games, they've won seven, drawn one, lost two. Three of the seven wins by two or more goals. Um, that Again, going back to that stat, I like to use in the beginning of the season, top six versus mid-table, 56 wins, 14 draws, eight losses. 33 of those 56 wins were by two or more goals. 14 of those, 25% of those wins, were by three or more goals. You know, you look at Spurs, another strong season. They're going to look to compete in the Prem. Um Villa opening day, 2-2 draw at City, has to have them feeling inspired, Uh, you know, obviously the opposite with Newcastle, this is one of those, we're just gonna keep it simple, Um, Spurs first half, no question, one unit, Spurs game, minus one and a half, another unit, and uh, Spurs to nil. I don't see Newcastle scoring here, Spurs to nil, one unit as well, so, you know, stay tuned, um. But I think, you know, even though Spurs maybe aren't in their tip-top form, they didn't have the chances last week. They're going to run riot on this Newcastle team, and um, you know I think. What else is there really to say about these two sides? Uh, Tottenham won one zero, you know, last year uh, at home, and they won two one away at Newcastle. But I think that Newcastle team was a lot better than this one. And uh, all indications say that um, our boy, a uh, a favorite, Hung Hungman Son, will be back um, for you know in the starting eleven here against Newcastle. So really like, really like the this side, um, and and obviously really love the Spurs to get all three points here. And uh, obviously, we we have expressed that on our on our three plays. <coughs> so, with all that being said, um, let's round it up. Let's uh, let's officialize if that's a word our positions. Um, we're working with a minimal draw protection situation this week. That obviously, um, you know, could could. Come back to bite us, famous last words, right? Um, but I, 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 think you know we have a good understanding and a good sense of, of where we think things are sort of moving this week, and we're going to stick to that. Um, so let's dive in. To recap, the Chelsea game, uh, we have a hundred, so we have one unit on the money line, a half unit on the draw, so that's one hundred twenty to one hundred on the money line, and then the draw. Again, that draw protection is going to be with the Liverpool game. So in that situation we're looking at risk 50 to win 910, which obviously is, you know, sounds sounds good. Um, but, you know, and sounds crazy because of the pricing, but in, in actuality we know that yeah, you know, these things can't happen for sure, and that's something that um, you know we just have to be prepared for, because football, at the end of the day, is is still highly unpredictable, and, and as, even if you have, you know, you've done the work and you you have good conviction in your analysis, um, I, you know, I think I th- I, th- I think you still have to to be safe and and be protective and be uh, you know be be disciplined. So. That's that. That's the Chelsea game. Risk budget of 170. Moving on to United, we have two units on the three-way money line. That's risk 550 to win 200. Again, these are current prices, so yeah, these could differ a little bit. But uh, risk 550 to win 200. We'll have one unit on the draw, so that's risk one. Or excuse me, one unit on the first half. So that's risk 120 to win 100. We'll have one unit on the win to nil. Which is priced at plus 105, so risk 95 to win 100. And then we'll have $50 in draw protection uh, with obviously Liverpool Arsenal to win 1150. So that is going to bring us to 815 total risk budget on United. <coughs> Moving on to Liverpool. Um, Three way ML, two units, spend 400 to win 200. We will have a one unit play on the first half. That, as of now, is priced at 105. So risk 105 to win 100. And then finally, we'll have a one unit position on the over three and a half. Risk 90 to win 100 due to the pricing of plus 110. That brings us to 595 risk budget on the Liverpool game. Obviously, there was some draw protection in the previous, which may or may not come into play, but 595 budget. Moving on to city. Um, we have one unit on the minus two. That's uh, minus 125, so spend 125 to 100. We have one unit on the first half. That's minus 190. We're going the three-way, not the Asian. Risk 190 to 100. And then finally, we have a one unit play on the over 3.5, which right now is priced to even money, which will get us to 4.15 total risk budget on the city game. And then finally, bringing it home to Spurs, one unit on the minus 1.5, that's risk 130 to 100. We have one unit on the first half three-way, that's risk 155 to 100 and we have one unit on Tottenham to record a shut out. Win, that's risk 105 to win 100 for a 390 total budget on the Tottenham game. You add it all up. And what you find is a t- almost 2400 total budget, it's about 2385. It's not about it is 2385. Um And we will update our win-loss figures after the weekend. But I guess the the conclusive note, the the conclusion, for lack of uh, a better word, (laughs) is let's go Chelsea, let's go United in a big way, let's go Liverpool in a big way, let's go City, and let's go Spurs. Until then, thanks for coming.